0: You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 26. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Today on the show, I will be talking about fighting siblings and what to do when your kids aren't getting along. It was kind of funny because I was in Costa Rica and I was coaching some clients. And I had three clients in a row who all wanted to talk about sibling rivalry and how the heck do I get my kids to get along. And Stacy was the one who said, can you make a podcast episode about this? And so I kind of combined the three clients' questions all together into one. So this will fit for multiple people. I think this is going to be a very common scenario. Here it is, midsummer. Your kids are spending lots of time together and uh, you might be also dealing with fighting siblings. So if so, this one's for you. So the question goes like this. She says, I understand that it's summer and my kids are spending a lot of time together, but the constant fighting is so annoying. Mostly arguing, stealing toys, tattling, but it can escalate to hitting, biting, and total meltdowns. It bothers me to see my kids treat each other so poorly. I try to limit their screen time, but it's so tempting to give in just so I can have some peace. No matter what I do, the problem persists and I feel like I'm failing at teaching my kids how to love each other. Okay, so that's the question today. The parent educator answer, I wanna start with just that this is so common. It's so common for moms to see behavior that they don't like and think, This is a problem and I need to solve it. So what happens to super moms is we think, okay, there's a problem. I need to solve it. We go to work. We break up fights. We resolve conflict. We separate the kids. We take toys away. We put them in timeout. We get to the bottom of things. We Google. We go searching, like, how do I get kids to get along? We try all these techniques. We figure out what the triggers are. If this works, then great, you're done, okay? You're doing the mom thing. You're doing what needs to be done. The problem arises when this doesn't work, right? So if, if it's not working for you, then it might mean that you're trying to solve a problem that isn't yours to solve. So imagine that your daughter and son are fighting over whose turn it is for whatever is next, right? One yells, the other bites. One pushes, the other tattles. You know the drill, okay? Back and forth. So what I like to do with my clients is I have them separate out who is responsible for what. So take out a piece of paper and you're gonna draw a couple of circles on the piece of paper. Put your daughter's name into one circle, your son's name into one circle, and, well, I'll get to the other one. So with your daughter... Your daughter is responsible for the words she chooses to say to her brother and the way she chooses to say them. That's totally her business. You do not have to try to solve that problem. It is her business whether she bites, whether she hits, kicks, or whatever she wants to do with her body. That is her business. She also gets to choose how she wants to feel about her brother's actions. If she wants to interpret his behavior as mean, unfair, a competition to rise to, a challenge, if she wants to see them as fighting words, that is totally up to her. That is her business. It goes in her circle. So you're going to write down on your piece of paper, everything that belongs to your daughter goes into her circle. Her thoughts, her feelings, her words, you name it. Now we're going to move on to kid number two. So if this is your son or whatever sibling you've got fighting with whoever, you're going to write their name in the circle and you're going to put his words, his feelings, his actions. He gets to decide what he wants to think about his sister. He can decide if he wants to like his sister or not. He gets to decide what he thinks about his sister's behavior, what he thinks about his mom's behavior. He gets to decide what he thinks about his own behavior. If he wants to believe that he is right and everybody else is wrong, that is his choice. Totally his business. You can let that go. If he thinks that the world is unfair, that you love his sister more than him, that goes into his circle. That is his problem to solve not yours. Okay. So we got your daughter's problems in one circle, your son's problems in another. The third circle we're going to label as God's circle. So even if you're not a God person, this is just anything that you don't have control over here. So the fact that you have two children who share living quarters, we'll say, that just goes into God's business. Like there's nothing you can do about that now. You have two kids and they have to live together. Your children's innate personalities, we're going to throw this up in God's circle too. This is just how they're wired, right? Some people just get along easily. Some people are, kids are competitive with each other. Whatever their innate personalities are and temperaments, one might be very sensitive and the other one might be very combative. (laughs) We're going to put that into God's circle. The fact that many siblings fight with each other, like, that's just kind of what kids do as a way to learn social dynamics and, like, where boundaries lie and how far can I push things before I, you know, need to back it up. Like, that's just how kids learn, just like puppies, right? They're like puppies. They're fighting, they're wrestling, they're learning social boundaries. If one of them goes too far, the if the dog will like bite him on the neck and give a little squeal and, you know, they kind of have this like innate, natural thing worked out that siblings tend to do with each other, okay? That goes into God's business, that they kind of use each other to learn how to get along in this world with other people, God's business. So, you got three circles on your paper. None of that stuff is your business. So I want you to watch your children argue. Next time they're fighting with each other, arguing, bickering, whatever. Could they leave the room at any time and they are choosing to stay? If so, could it be possible that they are enjoying fighting with each other? So I know this sounds crazy because, of course, as moms, we do not like to watch our children like tear each other down, right? Like being mean to each other. But when the long days of summer and they're bored and they're sitting at home, and if they could just walk out of the room and the fight would end and they're choosing to stay, could it be that they're actually kind of having fun with their fighting? So verbal jousting is what they call it in psychology, children's psychology, right? It's It's more entertaining to joust with your sibling than anything they could do on their own. So this is just God's business that some kids like arguing and fighting. If one kid is having fun with fighting and the other kid isn't, that's God's business too, because that's just their personalities or their temperament, or we could put it into their circles. So what's left? If all that stuff belongs to your kids or God and just is the way it is, what is left? Your business, mama, is a very important circle. You do have one. But when we get frustrated and we struggle and our kids are fighting, it's because we're in somebody else's business. We're trying to change them. We're trying to say, you shouldn't be so sensitive and you shouldn't be so mean and you should play fair and you should get along. That's not really our business. <laughs> they they shouldn't get along. Sibling rivalry's been around since the dawn of time. So, what's left is what you choose to think, feel, and do. You get to decide what you want to believe about your fighting kiddos, and you get to decide the rules that you want to have in your home. So to do that, we probably should dive into the life coaching answer because I, for one, have a high need for harmony in my home. Like I'm pretty sensitive. I need kindness around me. And this is, I'm gonna say that's God's business. This is how I'm wired. (laughs) So yes, moms, there are things that you can do, but trying to change things that you have no control over is going to exhaust you. So we want to just focus on what does mom have power over here and where do you get some control? So when moms think this is a problem and I need to fix it, oh, we put on our supermom cape and we go to work. We get to the bottom of things. We make decisions. We yell. We put kids in timeout. We give consequences. If this does work, great. The problem comes when it doesn't work. If the result is that our kids are still arguing and we are still thinking this is a problem that I need to fix, it's gonna get in our way. We start spiraling up, we yell more, we get annoyed with them or we spiral down and we're just like, fine, do whatever you want, walk away, give up, stop caring. We're just like, I can't handle it anymore neither one of those things makes us feel like a great parent. And we want to feel like we're doing a good job as mom. So when we have the thought, this is a problem and I need to fix it, and we can't, we feel like a failure. We start thinking things like, I'm failing at teaching my kids how to love each other, which is what this, you know, client of mine had said. This thought, I'm failing, teaching my kids how to love each other, just sounds terrible, right? Like, just notice how that thought makes you feel. If you're believing that, it's like you feel hopeless, kind of a dejected and ashamed, like a failure. So this is going to make Supermom feel very, very tired. I know that you want your children to get along, but that's really up to them they get to decide what kind of relationship they want to have with one another. Now, you can suggest peaceful ways to interact. You can also model for them. Like, children learn by imitation. So if they can watch you, like, resolve conflict in peaceful ways with your spouse, with your family, like, other friend relationships in the family or with your friends, that's wonderful teaching. But That's totally within your control. We want to focus on letting go of the things that you have no control over so that you can feel free, mama. (laughs) One thing that is your business are the rules that you establish in your home, okay? The kids really like clear, consistent expectations for behavior. It makes them feel safe when they know what to expect. And they like that an authority figure is going to follow through with 100% predictability. That's why I don't know if you ever noticed, but like they'll listen to the teachers at school, but not you, even on the same subject. Or, you know, you're like, hey, go do this. And then they don't They don't want to do it, but if the teacher says it, they're like, oh, I have to do it. It's because the teachers are really good at following through on the consequences and setting very clear expectations and kind of creating this culture where everybody wants to follow the rules. So kids like that. They tend to do well with it. Even if they break them, they still like knowing that they're purposefully, deliberately breaking a rule, and they are choosing the consequences. So rules are okay. Kids like them. So what I do with my clients who are struggling with these finding siblings is to establish some house rules. So a house rule is something that everybody abides by in the house. This isn't targeted at one particular person. This is mom and dad as well. So rules that everybody in the house agrees will make for a peaceful place to live, right? We want to live in a home where people are kind to each other. I don't think anyone would argue with that. So you can choose whatever you want to put on your Rules, But I would put it on the refrigerator or post it someplace, you know, in a public place where everybody could kind of see it and, like, establish, like, these are the rules of the house. So you can include things like no name calling, like, ever. Like, not even, you know, between mom and dad aren't going to name call. Like, that's just something we don't do in this home. No hitting or hurting. If you've got younger kids, you're going to want to be really specific. You know, if your kid is a biter, you're going to say no biting other people. Uh, because if you say no hurting, then that's maybe a little too vague. But with older kids, you could say, hey, no hitting, no hurting. You could say, you know, no slamming doors, no breaking things, whatever. Ask first before borrowing someone else's belongings. No swearing, whatever you want to say. These are just like very clear, very simple rules that everybody in the house will follow. So you want to make sure that your kids know what the consequences are for breaking these rules, okay? Put on your like list of house rules. You might be tempted to say, like use nice words, but maybe think about making that a consequence for, you know, like name-calling or using mean words or something like that. Let's say your daughter hurts her brother's feelings. Her consequence may be that she finds some nice words to uplift him. So maybe she has to write a letter to him with some, you know, Choosing words that she thinks will uplift her brother's spirit. Or maybe she needs to go to him and find three things to tell him that she likes about him. Okay. So your consequences can match the crime. And it's a kind of like a teachable moment, right? Like you're, because everybody benefits. If she has to write down nice things about her brother that's a benefit to her as well as her brother. Like She's got to reach within and find those nice things to think about. And then she gets to feel good about giving him these compliments. So try to make the consequence fit the crime and think about it as using an opportunity to teach them how you want them to behave. And so like separating out is a great idea, but it's just like the dog whisperer. I swear he's the best parenting coach on the planet. This Caesar Milan. So he says that a lot of times you'll have this dog that barks when people come to the door, right? And they come in, and he jumps. The, bar- the dog will jump, and people and bark at them. And uh, he says most dog owners will put the dog away, tuck him into a room or something, so that he doesn't bark and scare people. Totally normal and natural. But that dog never learns how to not bark. So putting your kids into time out and separating them from each other, that's great. You get a little break. But they're then not learning how to resolve that conflict, how to not bark at each other and not jump on each other. And, you know, learn how to be kind of get along with each other in the way that you would like them to siblings have been fighting since the dawn of time. So to think that I must not be doing it right if my kids are fighting is just not helpful. So it's like a teacher isn't responsible for your child's grades, okay? So the teacher's job is to teach them how to read, how to write, how to do math. And But it's the kid's business, what he does with all that great lessons and how he performs is that's kind of his. So it's very similar to that. Like you get to teach your kids how to treat each other, teach them your values, establish rules and expectations, teach them how to apologize, model, of course, imitate. uh, Let them imitate you and model how to give a really good apology, how to make amends. But whatever they do, with your amazing lessons, that's really their business. They get to choose whether they pick it up, whether they adopt it and make it their own, or you can still be a really good teacher and let whatever the consequences of it and their relationship be belong to your kids. So today's super bomb Kryptonite is being the hero. Okay, so this is very nuanced, so I want you to listen up, okay? This is going to be a tricky one. At least it was for me. Maybe you guys will get it right away, and I'll just feel silly. All right, I'm going to tell you a story about when my son was scary sick. I was bouncing around from doctor to doctor, trying to figure out who can help him. I was stressed and scared, and I nearly lost my mind when they sent his prescription to the wrong pharmacy (laughs) right before closing time. I felt like I was all alone in trying to solve his health problems. I was really at my wit's end. So I pulled out my life coaching notebook, always kept it with me in my car. And all of a sudden, this amazing thought just popped into my head. It was, I was made for days like this. Suddenly, I had this burst of energy. My super mom cape was On. I could totally handle this. I am good in a crisis. This is my son. Who better to come to the rescue than his mother? I am the perfect person for this job. I was made for days like this. I researched, I persisted, I found alternative practitioners who knew how to help him. I was the hero and I felt great about all I did to restore his health. And damn it, I did. So, why is this the kryptonite? This is the energy drain that's invisible? (laughs) Well, because he turned 14 and I was fired. He wanted to be his own hero. He didn't want my help anymore. He wanted to solve his own problems. So this sounds great on paper, but it was an identity crisis for me. It's not like he was perfect. He just wanted to be left alone with his own problems to solve. So it was a rough transition. And to be honest, it's still hard not to be allowed to help. I loved being the hero. Some kids never become their own hero. I am sure that you know some young adults or maybe older adults who still need mommy. They still count on mom to come to their rescue, and mom loves to be needed in this way. It's so easy for kids to get stuck feeling kind of helpless, maybe unwell or incapable. I want you to look around and think about this. Who do you know that is still stuck in kind of letting their mom be their hero and solve their problems for them? So, we mamas might inadvertently keep our kids from adulting, so that in order for us to hold on to the role as hero, because it feels so good and it feels so amazing. And like, oh my gosh, we can help them, we can solve their problems, this is awesome, but it robs them from learning how to solve their own problems. I was lucky, I had in a way, I had life coaching colleagues who warned me, or I should say called me out on my BS. <laughs> they just, they kind of helped me, even though I didn't like hearing it, they helped me. They'd say things like, well, be careful not to let your son identify as a sick person, nor you to identify as his caregiver. Because he was sick for a really long time. And so I that was helpful for me to hear, to not like make that form his identity, because then he could get stuck in that. But he didn't, Another coach told me, your son doesn't have a problem because you have taken it from him. Whoa, rocked my world. Hard to hear, but it was helpful. I'm so glad that I got the message because being a super mom, it feels great, but just be careful not to get stuck there. Make sure you hang up your cape frequently and often. (laughs) Just let your kids work out their own problems. Allow them to struggle so that they get to be the heroes of their own lives. Today's Supermom Power Boost is earphones. When kids are going at it with each other, it can be really hard to ignore, okay? So you can do all you want in your own head where you're like, oh, there's so many benefits to bickering and they're learning how to work out their problems and they're like puppies just fighting (laughs) for whatever. Like you can tell yourself all these great things, but when your little loved ones are tearing each other's eyes out... (laughs) not literally, but like it feels like it on our heartstrings, right? Like they're just not getting along and all you want is for them to get along. I suggest earphones. Not just those little ear pods, air pods, whatever, the like little small things, because then your kids can't see them. I want a big giant noise canceling headset. These babies are the best mom invention I know. So what this does is it demonstrate to your kids that you are not listening, nor are you interested in hearing about your children's conflicts. So when they start fighting with each other and they're like, mom, he said this, and mom, she said I could do that, and she's not listening, you just pop on those earphones and they will notice that you are not paying attention nor interested in paying attention to their conflict so you might think, oh, Tori, that sounds so mean, like that's, you know, I feel bad, like I'm ignoring them. And well, shouldn't I be helping them? Just give it a try and just see what happens. Because it's important for us to like, you know, learn One, for us to learn how to tune them out, let them solve their own problems. And two, for them to know that we don't really care. We would rather listen to music. We would rather listen to our podcast. Or, heck, the beautiful sound of silence. Let's be honest. That's pretty lovely, too. It's kind of, they need that moment to remember, like, oh, mom's like a separate person. And she has something else that she wants to do. I just love how, like, my kids and sometimes I wear them and I don't even have them on. Like, I'll, I can totally hear everything my kids are saying. And they'll be like, hey, mom, mom. And then they see me, they're like, oh. And they just like walk away or they go talk to their sibling or they'll go ask dad or something else. So don't uh, dismiss it until you've tried it, okay? I think putting big earphones on is a nonverbal way to say to your kids, I trust you to work it out. When kids see you disengage, they realize that this relationship with their sibling is theirs to figure out, and you're giving them permission to figure it out and solve it on their own. If they break a house rule, then you can get involved. But up until that point, let them be their own hero, super mama. Today's quote of the day. My mom taught me a lot a lot about minding my own business and leaving other people's business alone and let them think what they want. That was a quote from Ray Charles and his mama, I guess. I hope you guys have a great, peaceful day. Enjoy listening to your music instead of your children's fighting. It's a normal thing, and we're going to let it be theirs. If you guys need a little help, working through it, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash work with me and set up a time to talk. All right, you guys, take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends.